And it's just Mandalorian and it's back on the TV with Disney Plus and Carl Weathers, who is also Creed. Yes, and we're here to talk about Mandalorian. And we're going to talk all about that shit because we think that it is just so bad and it's better than Andor. Yes, it is. I'm telling you that it is. Don't try to tell me something else because we know that it's better. We don't have to debate. It started off with an alligator and it looks so dope. And I'm just going to keep singing this shit. Yeah, well, hey guys, what's happening? Let's talk about some nerd stuff. As you all know, it is the rise of the Mando. He's back, y'all, and he brought his little green friend. What's up, Grogu? You all right? I'm cool. And he is coming back to Mandalore to... Oh, Hey, don't see us yet. Uh, uh, he's coming back to Mandalore to to reclaim his throne and all that other good stuff. So let's discuss. Let's discuss. There's a couple other things popping on the horizon. So those of y'all may know it's been out for a few weeks, but Carnival Row is back and it's looking kind of dope. Michael B. Jordan is <laughs> has a nerd's dream of being able to clap back at somebody who called him corny. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Why is they always tripping off of anybody that's not black? That is in any kind of fantasy. We got your back, Yara. We'll talk about it. Did y'all know that, that there's some screen, there's some folks at uh, Marvel that is mad at Game of, excuse me, at the Black Panther uh, screenplay because they think that they took all of the budget up to make their movie look a little weird. I don't think it's necessarily worthy of it. And we have to talk about The Last of Us, Episode Seven. Come on, bro, Mortal Kombat, finish him, Babality. Fatality, zombality. Yo, online right now, green is popping. And we already talked about how Michael B. Jordan did clap back. And Mel Mitch, we got to give homage to somebody for bringing up the fact that Hogwarts could have been an HBCU. Hell, goddamn. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead and introduce everybody who's going to join us this morning. It is I, one and only Mitch Taylor, in my daughter's shirt. Hallelujah. Uh, coming through uh, from, from the Spider-Man cave. And, of course, along with us, we've got Tyrone. We've got Steph. Uh, on her trip to, uh, her, uh, Lampoon's trip to Vegas. <laughs> we got Nolly in the house. Hey, we've got... That guy in the building, uh, Yaz is off for the day, but we're here and we're gonna talk all about this blur stuff. Let's go ahead and get right on into it. This is the new blurred order. Kick I love it. the new blurred order, you should too. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get all this 10 p Wang. All the niggas rapping about the same old thing. I've been coming through with the same old game. Ain't shit changed, except nine got a name. Got it out the mud, but we got no stains. Cold ass digital with a gold ass chain. The girl call me daddy, not my government name. Money on my mind, got them bands on my brain. Let me tell y'all about a nigga I know. That nigga say clean, so he always got hoes. 
All right, listen up, y'all. One thing that we definitely ain't going to have in this conversation this morning is Mando slander because it is not even debatable that as of right now, the whole argument of whether or not Mandalorian and Andor are equivalent has completely been null and void because when Mando came in on the screen this week, he completely showed what a real show about Star Wars is supposed to be, goddammit. We got monsters. We got jetpacks. We even had the uh, possible lightsaber coming up in here. We got Baby Yoda, Labu Freak. We got, yo, come on, bro. Droids, give me a fucking break. Pirates, asteroids, space travel. Get the fuck out of here, man. All within the first, like, 20 minutes of the episode. Tyrone, I'm coming for you, homeboy. Let's discuss. But, Can't yeah, wait. man, let's let's just go ahead and get into it, man. Not only do we have an awesome episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to unload, man. I've been holding that in since Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a whole crazy thing. But, yeah, it was a definite good episode there's nobody that i there's nobody in my right mind that i could think could really say much about the episode not being what it should have been and not only that even last of us gave us some stuff this week that i thought was extremely interesting i mean i ain't gonna lie i was gonna i was all ready to come in here and talk about last of us kind of starting to get a little boring to me if i could be honest but then they brought out the big guns with stormy reed they brought out the big guns not only oh my bad i'm bouncing all over the place but not only with stormy reed but man they brought my favorite video game of the 90s back into play and made it oh my god talk about nostalgia i just went completely nuts you know what i'm saying went completely nuts and don't go nowhere because we want to talk about this moment that happened with michael, we b. Got michael b jordan the director and the star of creed 3 and you know we know each other we go way back all the way to chad science in newark okay corny kid right <laughs> no i didn't Oh, whoops. <laughs> whoops. Uh, yeah, remember when I was Carl Corny and all that other stuff? Well, there may be some debate meant to have, so we'll clarify everything that's going on. But before we get into all of that, man, just want to say what's going on with everybody this morning. Hope y'all are having a good day out there in blurred land. Uh, Tyrone, how's everything going for you, bro? Everything good in your world? Everything's great, man. It's been a, a good week, starting off a good weekend with y'all, so... I can't ask for much more than that. Maybe yeah. a better Mandalorian episode, but you know, we, we'll talk about that. Whoa, Tyrone, we're losing you. Uh, we're losing. Uh oh, he, he, he seems to be. Uh oh, what what happened to Tyrone? <laughs> Tyrone, like he fell off that cliff. He was standing on. I don't know what happened, but I don't know. He just out of just out of now. Let me stop. Let me stop. Uh, <laughs> Nolly, how's everything going for you? Everything good? It's great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All personal business aside. Bad tie. You good, man? Everything good in your world, homeboy? Oh, man. Everything is great in my world, man. I cannot wait to talk about this wonderful show they call Mandalorian. Oh, all day. All day. What about Steph? Now, Steph, for those of y'all don't know, I think is doing a little bit of traveling this morning. Uh, I don't even know if she can talk or even hear us. Uh, so just make a facial expression. Blink <laughs> twice if you had a good week, uh, uh, Steph, if, uh, if the internet guys will allow. Okay. All right. We'll hey, <laughs> there it is. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> Steph's going to ASL us to death today. That's fine, man. It's cool. Um, well, listen, uh, we got so much to discuss. I don't even know if we're going to be able to get to everything that we want to talk about this morning. But let's go ahead and start off with, of course, this week's episode of The Mandalorian. I mean, listen, 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 listen. Uh, let's just start with the breakdown. 
All right. Uh, I believe that this season has the potential to be even better than the other seasons. Why is that? Because now this dude has acquired almost all of his unlocked achievements, right? He's got Beskar. He's got a lifesaver. Darksaber, excuse me, all right? He's got a force-wielding sidekick, all right? He's got a Naboo starfighter. <laughs> he's, about to get, he's about to get his best droid friend back, uh, uh, um, IG-11, you know what I'm saying? And he also has uh, 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 the backing of the Mandalore with, I mean, maybe not the Mandalore, not the, the Children of the Light, but uh, at least he has since, oh, oh, since he actually did get the black, the dark saber from uh, 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 um, uh, Moff uh, Gideon, he now technically, since he's the he's wielding the, the the dark saber. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tyrone. He actually has the power of Mandalore behind him. I mean, the only people that's jiving with him are the children of the light, his little religion, his little you know, the, all of these uh these these scientists. Scientologists, you know what I'm saying? That, that are basically trying to say, look, bro, you done took off your helmet, homeboy. You ain't one of us no more. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, I mean, what's really stopping them? I mean, I think that this is the writers. Gonna be the what? What did he say? He the, the writers are stopping him. The writer. Oh, okay, yeah, possibly <laughs> that that could be. But I think Favreau's <laughs> behind uh, uh, Team Mando. But yo, Ty, tell me something I don't know. Is this not proof? Once and for all, hands down, evidence for the judge and jury that there is no way whatsoever that one can consider Andor, which I loved. I loved Andor. But as a better show, can we take this debate back to where it was? Is I mean, I know Nolly's on that train, too, but can you please uh, approach? Uh, can you please uh, address the jury as to why you and I stand on the mountain and we'll die on the hill of Mandalorian. Yeah, um, like I said before, uh, you know, it's easy to forget about something when you when you haven't seen it in a while. And mm. uh, when we got the first episode of Mandalorian, it, it reminded you of what you first fell in love with so much about this show. Um, if, if not even more, they are spotlighting the relationship between Grogu and Din Djarin. And that it, every every time I see it, and it's like father son role that they they've kind of taken, where he's in the in the you know in the ship teaching him how to navigate uh, the, the the universe and use this machine to to get from point A to point B, you know how just how he he he's very protected to the point where you can't just call Goku by his anything other than his name. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I saw that moment where he's he's basically telling, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not little man, his his name is is Grogu. <laughs> he's like, yeah, whatever, whatever, you know what I mean, whatever. But uh yeah, but he's like, nah, we we this is where we're at. Like, there's not gonna be no disrespect to my son. Uh <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna get to know him, uh, and 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 you're gonna you're gonna respect them. And I and I love the I love the dynamic just that dynamic from the beginning to now um of 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 the relationship between those two and also now to see Dinjarin actually starting to to I guess go in the direction of his his destiny uh which which is to lead uh Mandalore out of um out of uh you know uh 
with that darkness, I guess, at this mm-hmm. point. So, um, I mean, what else could you ask for? You got probably close to 15 Mandalorians, uh, you know, in the very first episode, you know, right. battling a giant alligator. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, bro. Like, this is, they gave you action on action on action in the first episode. Yo, all right. So, uh, uh, and, and, and I'll allow the, the the defense to rest. Um, oh, we lost uh, a member. Uh, no worries. Uh, hopefully, she'll be back. We know Stephanie is is traveling to uh, the Lake Minnetonka uh, somewhere to purify herself. Um, but what's going on, Tyrone? Uh, mm-hmm. Honest opinions, man. No shade. We know that you a hater already, but but please feel free to uh, express yourself as far as your feelings about uh, the Mandalorian this week. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I, I watched the episode. I, I sat down really excited because Mandalorian was back. I love the show, so like I was like, oh shit, we're, we're back in the Mandalorian. This is great. Uh, and uh, by the end of the episode, I was I was kind of mad at it. I, I, to what? me, Mandalorian is is too good to have an episode like this. Uh, you know there was action that really didn't mean much but it was just like but it looked good and it was fun so you know and you know crazy monsters and stuff but really it didn't do or say anything it just gave us a a, you know just a fun thing to to do and but and this is my thing so to me this episode of mandalorian felt like an episode of obi-wan where it's like cool moments happen in between uh no storytelling and terrible dialogue uh which is you know what we got in this episode and i think part of the reason we got it is because they had to kind of recover from putting part of the season of Mandalorian just smack in the middle of Boba Fett like that. So we just kind of ended up with a 30 minute long recap of what has already happened. I mean, there's have, they're having the same conversations they've been having for, I guess, two years, uh, according to the timeline. So he's like, Hey, Bo-Katan, uh, I'm gonna go to Mandalore. And she's like, I don't give a fuck, dude. You got the dark saber. Do what you want to do. And he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Let me just go ahead. And, you know, like that kind of shit. It's like, why are we doing this? Speaking of the dark saber, uh, that's all we're doing. And speaking of it, he got attacked by a, a zombie IG and tried to blast it. That wasn't working. And then I guess forgot he had the dark saber and decided not to use that to save anybody. So they, you know, crushed his head and was like, "Oh, that's using your head." Which when, when the hell does Din Jarring <laughs> right. do quips? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, the IG eleven, the IG story uh, is: Are we really undoing that great sacrifice? I love IG. We're really undoing that great sacrifice, that great moment by trying to rebuild him and bring him back in this weird way, just so he can measure the atmosphere of Mandalore to make sure it's not poison? Is that what this is? Can't any droid, like, can't most droids do that? Dumb, dumb Earthlings can do that with a telescope. You know, we can we can measure the atmosphere of other planets by looking at them. Like, this, it, so this, I I get it that there was a lot of action. It was very pretty. The special effects look great. Everything looks great in, in the, the show, but it was tied together with, uh, with nothing. It just, I was disappointed that we just had this this complete lack of storytelling. Now, hold on, Tyrone. Let, let's let Nolly uh, and the rest yeah. of the, the let's let them uh, get this get this little. Go ahead, go ahead, Nolly. What, what say you as well? Oh. <laughs> Just, come on. Okay, so I I agree with a lot of Tyrone's points. Um, there was a lot of rehashing. Like this is this is a season premiere. Like I get it. It's been a while. It's been a minute, but. We know what happened. We're big fans. Like, come on, give us some shit. I mean, it was cool to have Mandalorians in Florida, like, you know, battling Gatorland. That was cool. Um, I did, I did, I do agree with the whole IG 11 thing. Don't undo that man's sacrifice. He done did his job. There are other droids. Like, you'll be fine. It's cool. Um, The whole Star Wars Rebels nod while they were in hyperspace. 
that was cool. Mm-hmm. And that was it. <laughs> wow. wow. My God. Come on, Ty. Please. <sighs> it is very hard to I understand when, when something's been going for a while, it's hard to remember it. And sometimes you forget. Now, the reason that it is very important for him to get IG eleven is because if you guys don't remember, then Jordan hated droids from the very beginning uh of of this 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 show he hated droids that was like a thing they didn't he despised being around them right. everything but ig11 was the first droid that he actually had learned, learned to gain respect for right for whatever right. you know for his sacrifice and everything that he did so that was why he and and to Tyrone, yes. why didn't he use the dark saber he didn't want to he didn't want to damage the thing beyond repair that's why he didn't use the the dark saber he, he used his he used his um his uh the a blaster because that was you know the immediate immediate reaction but he didn't want to destroy the thing he wanted to his whole purpose was he wanted to get it back working so cut the arm off. Dark saber in that moment would have just basically made it harder for him to use that thing so that's why he didn't use the dark saber but as far as as far as like the relationship and why he has to get that particular robot is because initially he hated robots. He did, he didn't want to have anything to do with them, and he developed some type of re- connection with it with this robot. And as we've so, seen throughout this show, he does that. He does. I want to I want to interrupt before we get to another point because I do want to address this point. So yes, that that storyline was closed when he developed the trust for IG Eleven. So like, why why go through all that if it's not even gonna to to matter that much? You know what I mean? Like that. That great story where he learned to trust this droid. Droid ultimately sacrificed himself, and he's like, "Ah, oh, damn!" Like that story. You're now voiding all of that story out of it, and it, and it kind of it feels shitty. I hate when when shows do that. Uh, also, you could have just cut the arm off the thing. The arm was the only thing dangerous about it. You got the dark saber. You could have just been like, "Let me just get this." He could have just sawed it off, like no big deal, whatever. But like it, it's the whole uh, trying not to destroy it beyond repair. It blew up. It shouldn't even be here. Like it, that's to me that the, the biggest failing of, of this episode is that that thing even still exists as a as a plot device. You know, seeing it as a statue, awesome. That's nice. What a nice moment. But as like a whole plot device, to me that it's not great. I don't I don't like it. That's, and that's me personally. Uh, but yeah, it. And then also he's he's since been around other droids and he's shown no no disdain towards droids since then. Uh, the little droids that basically built his entire ship. He was fine with it. You know, uh, the ones that uh, Amy Sedaris's character has. He, we haven't had this sort of like droid hate show up since IG, but now it's his it's his main motivation for bringing a character back to life that was blown to bits. It's it's wild. All right. Well, listen. Uh, first of all, the black saber, the dark saber, is not just some regular old lightsaber that you whip out and just start wheeling around. Last time he whipped out the lightsaber and used it in force, he damn near tore a hole in his whole leg. So he don't want to just start wheeling that around his homeboys. These are people that he wants to preserve. You know what I'm saying? Number one. Number two, yo, y'all acting like people, like droids can't be rebuilt. You know how many times C-3PO was blown to bits in the entire Star Wars saga? Like, every time he gets rebuilt. Every single time. Yeah, but but at that point, though, but also he'd be on Chewie's back, like, talking shit like still alive because we know c-3po you know what i mean like so he's never like c-3po c-3po never had to make the ultimate sacrifice and then get rebuilt like he was always yes, he did he literally did he went in looking for uh r2 when and during empire strikes back and they were like oh 
and they're like, yo, remember yeah. and he was like, oh, my bad, I was in the wrong place. Oh, no. Next thing you know, all you saw was his arm rolling across the floor, and Chewbacca had to find each one of his parts and then putting them back together. Chewbacca sat here, he didn't even know what the hell was going on, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he was, and the whole time he was being instructed by C-3PO to help him, because uh, he was alive and speaking and, and engaging no, and stuff no, no, like no. that. No, no, no. Remember, C-3PO, when he first attached his head, <laughs> he was backwards. And he, and he was like, why? Oh, my God. What's happening? What's going on? He didn't like Chewie had to learn. I mean, Chewie, of course, all those all, all of those, uh, uh, all, the Wookiee, you know, despite having this weird language, you know, from uh, Kashyyyk. Uh, that they all speak, which is a whole nother thing, because Bad Batch did give us a force wielding Wookiee, which we haven't even talked about yet. I don't know if y'all are peeping this, but Gunji has now reared his head in Bad Batch. I've never seen a Wookiee wield the force and command a lifesaber, but that's a whole nother subject. I would, uh, I think, objection. I want. I, can can the prosecution please stay on uh, <laughs> on the subject? Objection. Relevance. Okay. All right. My <laughs> bad. All right. So I was. I was just. I was just. Uh, Your Honor, for the sake of the court, was simply trying to uh, uh, illustrate how Wookiees have intelligence, which gives them the capability of being able to put together a uh, a blown up droid. And in this case, the droid happens to be uh, uh, the only droid that Mando trusts. Now, you mentioned, okay, yeah, well, he didn't have any problem with the other droids. Those weren't his droids. Those were old girls droids. And they stayed with her. This is a droid that he has to have on his ship. You know what I'm saying? That he has to have with his son going all over the place. That was literally what he said. Where are you supposed mouth. to he sit? Said, he said, literally, I need a droid that I can trust. And this is the only droid thus far that he's put any trust in. And it's not just about him. It's about little man right here. So it's not even just, oh, I just need some droid that can get me into oxygen and blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, I want a droid that I know not only is going to not fuck with my child, you know, even though that's, that's exactly what happened. as soon as he activated, it's literally the first thing he went to do. He's like, oh, shit, there's the dude I want right. to so, Hey, come, come. I, and I want to be sure that that we so I'm not talking about that. It doesn't make sense the way they sh the way they give it to us because they, they make it make sense. They're like here because of these things like this makes sense. But it's but it, that doesn't mean it's good storytelling, because to me, this is where it's failing. It's failing as a like putting these th these things in here just to like bring back a popular character so you have the like it to me that's just it's it's kind of cheap and mandalorian is a better show than this and maybe it'll work out to where the season uh, is better but this was not a great episode and and to me uh, this was not a great episode i felt very disappointed by it uh, all of the you know again undoing that ig sacrifice damn that sucks like i, I hate that move i hate that decision as a storytelling device I hate it uh, and it, so I'll stay there because I don't want to get onto other subjects until, uh, so, you know, I'll let y'all uh, move that conversation. But yeah, it, it's did they make it make did they make the little alligator thing make sense? Sure. Is it was it stupid? Uh, yeah. They, the cave is right there. Why? If you know this thing's in here, why don't you just grab a bucket of the sacred water and just take it back into the cave? Uh, why you got so, you know, that kind of stuff. It's it doesn't <laughs> the the storytelling part of this. Not great. Oh, wow. Tyrone. I mean, bad time. Yo, Tyrone is wanting Andor, this to be Andor so bad. This is not Andor. No, like, I want it to be Mandalorian. I don't. I don't care. I haven't. I haven't brought up Andor once. No, nah, yeah, yeah, but you you keep on talking about the storytelling and everything like that, and we know that was why you loved Andor so much. Andor was an hour long show. 
I love. I want to. No, no, I, I think it's very important to make this clear. No, no, I love season one and two of Mandalorian storytelling. Great storytelling. Great show. I just want it to be Mandalorian. It just it, it didn't feel like a good Mandalorian episode to me. This, I don't I don't want it to feel like an Andor episode. This first episode, this first episode basically was a preview of what you're going to see this season. And I saw exactly what what uh, John Favreau was doing. That's not basically, a good description just, for a season premiere though. Like uh, uh, a preview on, of what we're going to see. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! You're just being extra right now. No, like, no, not a good description for a for a season premiere or something. You know, like, that's exactly what a season premiere does, bro. Like yo, like, that's what I'm saying. Like at this point, at this point, at this point, man. Because it's like I hear I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, like this show is is definitely what. We've been what we've been waiting for. In in essence, is when you sit there and you get a show that lets you know what you're going to be watching that that whole season in the first episode in 30 minutes. Because that's the important part. Like like in order to cram a show together and and make it make sense in 30 minutes is very hard. It's it's like like it, unless you're unless you're literally doing an origin story, which is the first series first season of of, of Mandalorian. It's different. Now we're at a point where there's been a lot going on in a little bit of time. And well, it, it, it clearly has five, been five years. And, and uh, so a lot of shit's been going on in these little bit of time window, time windows that we have to show everything that's been going on. So what they did was they showed quickly the relationship that has been growing between uh, Din Djarin and, and uh, Grogu. They also showed Grogu's development with the force that he's able to and now you now see him actually using it just right. randomly like you know what i'm saying which but, you didn't uh, see before. by the way nothing nothing new so far in this episode nothing new that you mentioned so far what do you, what do you mean nothing new like how can how can you this more about the development of the and also about uh grogu using the force more like when was grogu just out here just using the force? he was attempting to use the force he's right a lot of times he was like he was like attempting but we're we're talking about. Oh no, he has very successfully used the force a couple times. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying he's that he hasn't. What I'm no, saying, what my I'm point saying is, is where he's just using it randomly just to, to get shit that he wants to get. Like yeah, the times that we that. saw him use the force, he was saving somebody, or it was like some shit like that. It wasn't just like him. Just he was attempting to use the force, and like a lot of times it wasn't happening. The only time we saw him at the end of the uh, season when he was. Um, in the in the uh in in uh captivity we saw him using it to get himself out of that situation and we, we also saw, saw him training with luke huh like, we saw him training with luke to just do little things like so we know he has like that's what i'm saying like this is a recap episode he showed we showed we got nothing new about their relationship there it's which is uh, i love their relationship it's i love seeing them i love seeing the, the cuteness and stuff like that that stuff is great but we don't have anything uh new from that uh we don't have anything new from Gro from Grogu's training we did see the little uh the little Beskar uh chain mail we saw a little glimpse of that so like that's you know something uh newish but they're not like right now you haven't mentioned anything that we didn't know coming out of season two or coming out of the book of Boba Fett okay well here's something new uh it's been established that the armorer is giving a ray for him to return back to the creed of the Mandalore by proving that it still exists, which gives us the tone of the whole season. My prediction is that he's going to go to Mandalore. He's going to read this. My prediction for this whole season 
as if you watch the tone of the trailers, is that they are going to unite the children of the light with the Mandalorians, and they're going to re-emerge as a powerful entity that's almost equivalent to the Jedi Masters. So I think that this was their way of kind of giving us an idea of what to look forward to. We now know that they are heading to Mandalores. The reason why he needs IG-11, because he needs some backup. He's going with just the baby that just learned how to use the Force. So I think that that's one of the things that was developed in this episode. Another thing is that it is now 100% clear, because in the last few uh, the last few seasons, it wasn't really necessarily, especially in the last season where he was training with Luke, we didn't necessarily know until the very end of the season that Grogu was going to end up choosing to go with the Mandalorian's way, as opposed to staying with Luke, training with Ahsoka Tano and all of them, and finding out that he wants to be Jedi. So now we know that he's going to be just like Tarv, uh, just like, uh, uh, I think it was Tar Vizsla, uh, who ended up being half Mandalorian, half Jedi, that he's training him. He says, like, when he's sitting there riding in the Naboo Starfighter, he's like, yo, this is the way of the Mandalore. What we do is X, Y, Z. So we now have established that he is officially Yoda-ing him to him being Luke Skywalker. He's officially now his Mandalore master to his, he's the Obi-Wan Kenobi for him. So that's a little bit of a development. Now, uh, yes. I, I, that happened in Book of Boba Fett. They reunited in Book of Boba Fett. This is this is my point is that the the episode was was hurt by the decisions that were made to put Mandalorian stuff in the book of Boba Fett because here we are just recapping what happened like the the conversation with the armor about the the living waters under Mandalore they had that conversation already every conversation that the man that the, the Mandalorian and the armor had in this episode they already had they didn't have the conversation about him having proof that Mandalore was still existing because at the very beginning of the conversation the first thing they discussed was the fact that Mandalore could not be you couldn't even go to it because it didn't exist and he was like well what if I could prove that it does? And so they mm -hmm. did discuss the fact that he couldn't necessarily, you know, re atone for him for his sins of removing his helmet. But now the new hope, so to speak, pun intended, is that he actually can re reemerge as somebody who can show that Mandalore is not defeated. And again, my prediction is that at the end of this season, Mandalorian. Din Djarin is going to arise as like the most fierce, most indestructible, like the, the most powerful leader of all Mandalorians that combines not only Bo-Katan and her series of Mandalorians, but also the Children of the Light, who, once again, I just want to real quick shout out um, um, this whole scene right here with when they was when they was on the beach somewhere in uh in, in Daytona, Mando uh, yep. <laughs> and they was they was about to bring out the helmet to the little man, and you know this is uh Tyrone. Yeah, I do. Yo, this is uh, the homie right here. This is little Jimmy Kimmel's son, who is now making his second appearance. He also was one of the Sand folks. All right, I, I know he probably should. That's probably a derogatory term term at this point, um, but. <laughs> Uh, uh, little man, like our our homegirl Jill Kimmel's, you know what I'm saying? She's yeah, yo, yeah. they getting shine on the Mandalorian, you know what I'm saying? So you know, next time I see Jill, I gotta reach out and touch her shoulder, <laughs> be like, I touch somebody that touched somebody that was all Mandalorian, which I think is pretty cool. But I like, I, I, I well, before we sit here and rip each other apart about Tyrone being wrong about uh, how bad, uh, how good. Uh, so far, I haven't heard any uh, arguments that have uh, been able to uh, overcome, <laughs> well, we, uh, other than because look, this. 
there's the funny thing about everything that we said about the show like like i i i said initially that this was a preview of what's to come the whole setup is that then jaren then jaren at this point is going to be the savior of all mandalore the, that whole scene with the crocodile the yeah. purpose of that was to show Din Djarin swooping in in the midst of, like I said, 15, maybe 15, 20 uh, Mandalorian fighting this large alligator and not really making any headway. Uh, and then all of a sudden, out of the sky, comes comes Din Djarin, Din Djarin in, in the ship. He blasts the alligator. He saves the day. And that's and that's what the that's what the setup is for the whole season, is he's going to be the savior of Mandalore. Like, yo, so like his, his initial, you know, from... The buildup for all of this was that Din Djarin only really looked out for himself, and 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 at at some point it became Grogu. So it was like it was like everything is based around what I'm trying to do for Grogu and save Grogu at this point. So like now he's he's out here as a father, trying to get back the, the respectability, I guess, or whatever it comes with being a Mandalore, a Mandalorian, uh, and that's and that's him, you know trying to go through this season basically doing that so i mean it like everything like i i get what tyrone's saying as far as like oh they, but we already knew that but the fact of the matter is is we have not had the mandalorian for over a year and right. and again yeah. like you have to you have to give you have to sometimes go back and reflect on on certain things in order to like kind of remind us of, of okay this is where we're going making sure that this is what this is different this is different from uh, what we saw last year which in essence, is is then Jaren uh, uh, making that that leap from, you know, just being a bounty hunter to being a leader? I mean, and he I'll, hasn't. I, I do. Well, I do. I do agree with the prediction that he will be uh, that he'll kind of be one of those reluctant leaders. You know, like he'll get into a, a position where he's like, you know, he's got the dark saber. He he proves that Mandalore is like a livable place. Maybe they can rebuild it and stuff. I definitely uh, feel like that's where it's going, and that's cool. I like that. Uh, I I think that that moment was solidified when he won the dark saber like that is the moment where you're like okay this dude is now like the guy who has the ability or whatever to lead and to save mandalore that's the whole thing that's the, the dark saber we didn't need uh, a, a fun action scene to let us know that i mean it was a fun action scene but uh, i don't think it gave us anything that we didn't already know that he was going to be the guy to lead mandalore and that's that's my thing is with this whole episode is not that uh that it wasn't a fun episode because i think that they were that they focused on the fun over everything uh it it definitely had sort of like a bad batch clone wars vibe in that way but it does it we're still talking about stuff we already knew from uh from the end of season two and from the book of boba fett and again i'll say that's i think those things have kind of you know started this season off slow i don't think it's going to be a bad season and i think it's going to i think by the end of this i'll be like hey mandalorian uh you know i'm pretty sure that'll be the case but uh this episode was just it it was lacking i was i was very excited going in and after i was just like it it seems like it seems like the episode should have started with last time on the mandalorian and then just you know that that was just 30 minutes of that okay well nolly here's 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 something um that i feel i think that tyrone is rightfully um, and, and I think what, even though we're kind of having fun disagreeing about, you know, the quality of this first episode, I think that what he's rightfully doing is holding Mandalorian to a higher standard. All right. To and, its own standard. Cause I do think Mandalorian is a great show. I just, I want to keep reiterating. I don't want it to be Andor. I want it to be Mandalorian. 
Yeah. Un- understood. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Understood. So, so I, as much as it's fun to poke at him and to sit here and go back and forth about, you know, how Ty and I kind of like completely love the show for what it's worth and how he's, he's basically saying, listen, Mandalorian, if, if I could, you know, speak Tyrone briefly, he's basically saying, listen, <laughs> Sorry, Mandalorian- could, you do, could you do the impression? Cause I do like your impression of me. Okay, I would okay, like okay. you to do. Okay, cool. cool. Uh, uh, Mandalorian is a better show uh, than what it's given us right now. Uh, it's actually, uh, you know, everything that it said in this episode, we know this already. Uh, we learned nothing new. Uh, we already, <laughs> that's the best I can do. I like it. I like it. Right now. Wow. I, I don't so have any good. good quips. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the good quips. Like Tyrone always got the funny thing. But um, I think he, I, think, I, I agree with the fact that Mandalorian should not have to water down its content for the sake of the average viewer. I mean, one mm. thing that Mandalorian did so well in season one and season two was it came in with the understanding that this is the Mandalorian and these are things that you already know. We don't have to explain to you who Luke is. We don't have to explain to you who Ahsoka is. We don't have to explain to you any of these things because you should already know this shit, all right? Mm. So Tyrone is using that standard and holding it against its own it's holding a mirror up to Mandalorian so I can respect that and I'm glad that he wants Mandalorian to have a better sense of standards for its viewers so I'm not (laughs) 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 so so I'm with that um and that is kind of Tyrone's cadence isn't it you know uh you know uh, it's a biracial thing but I guess I guess that I guess that uh, Ty and I are a little more forgiving in the sense because it's been about two, depending on if you include the animated series, is because also they had the the animated series with Star Wars uh, that came out. They had Obi Wan that's come out. They've had um, um, a season of uh, of Boba oh, Fett, which basically oh, had three Mandalorian episodes within it. You know, so so. I think that the intention that John Favreau had with this first episode, like Ty and I said, is to remind you, this is not Obi-Wan. This is not Boba Fett. This is not any of those other shows. Here's the show it is. This is the show where we start off in the intro sequence with the action. This is the show where we give you fun-loving cuteness with Babu Frigg and everybody else from the Get Along Gang. This is the show where we have small instances in which there's humor that you cannot deny mixed with action that may not have shit to do with the show. We give you a villain at the beginning of the series. Now, I, I mean, for Tyrone, that's not necessarily enough, but I am predicting that maybe, Nolly, this is just reintroducing Mandalorian back to the viewers and possibly even re uh iterating to those who may not be completely familiar with mandalorian or just hopping on the train what mandalorian is and how it separates itself from all the rest of the franchise shows and movies so i mean does that make any sense or is tyrone i mean i mean you and tyrone y'all on that side of the screen uh an alliance alliance. (laughs) the rebels um i mean does that does that make any sense or am i just on one side I, I mean, I, all right. See, I wasn't right. trying. To, you know, okay, you know, oh. it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I mean, is there room for Mandalorian to have an episode that is what we would call overwhelmingly developmental and not necessarily forward moving? 
I think because it's Mandalorian, we're so used to action, 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 and like crazy shit happening that maybe it was a little bit too much this first episode. But you know what? It's Mandalorian. It's this whole different thing. Um, it's definitely not for, you know, the average viewer because Mandalorian takes stuff from so many other Star Wars, uh, Star Wars shows, um, specials. Um, there were so many nods to Star Wars Rebels in this episode. And I was like, yo, I hope everyone's catching all this shit because that's cool. Like, we had space whales, man. Like, we haven't seen them since Star Wars Rebels. And, um, and so I'm wondering if they're going to bring, like, Ezra Bridger in it. Like, you know, there's so many little things. It felt a little underwhelming, but the little things were keeping me going. Like, you know, maybe this season's going to be dope. We're going to see some new people that we haven't seen since other Star Wars projects. So I see points on both sides. I'm not going to pick a side. Don't do that to me. Oh, you um, picked a side, boo. It's too late. You already officially. I didn't mention the other show or anything. <laughs> You got a side though, still, you know. Hey, you playing. What's up, Ty? No, I was gonna say that Favreau has kind of really said that you know that he's his whole vision is to have this similar to the Marvel universe. Like he wants to connect the like different lines to to uh, Mandalorian and everything like that. So it makes sense that 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 you know not um, Nolly was able to catch other other uh, aspects of other shows and everything like that because that's what he's kind of leaning into. Um, in, in regards to the series going forward, I believe. Well, mm-hmm. well, in in that sense, let's let's just quickly before we move on to anything else, because um, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> let's quickly let's let's just discuss, um, even as an eventful as it may be to some, uh, what really happened in this episode. So as Tyrone, as Ty, as Bad Ty already alluded to, uh, we start off with uh, what basically looked to be somewhat of like a Mandalorian bat mitzvah or a bar mitzvah mm-hmm. where they're, they're, they're bringing in uh, a young new Mandalorian, which originally, I'm not going to lie, when I was sitting there watching this happen, I thought that that was Din Djarin. I thought we were getting a pre a preview like um, of, of, of who, uh, of how he became Mandalorian uh, first and foremost, but that wasn't, in, that ended up not being the case. Uh, but yes, as Ty said, we have a, a, a whole Mandalorian troop here where uh, the whole fraternity is here ready to stomp and step and they actually needed help because bam here comes this big giant croc out the blue and they're having trouble with it it just starts eating the shit out of them like one dude was just standing there and he's like chomp chomp and that was what i like like we didn't see a whole lot of that in the, in the other shows you know a whole lot of creature a whole lot of action based straight no strings attached action so that's one thing we saw and then of course the, the 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 actual savior of the day pulls up on the scene and it's like yo i'm here to save the day what's going on y'all and that kind of shows how much more powerful tactful or maybe just he has a better ship because <laughs> it was a ship ultimately um for the first few minutes of that whole fight i was with tyrone for a second i was like why the fuck all these jetpacks and these assholes <laughs> are sitting there like firing from the ground. Yeah. Will you get your? It's not a flying dinosaur. It's a goddamn alligator. If you don't take your ass to the sky and start shooting, motherfucker, I can't believe you're getting eaten by a ground by a freaking by a land dwelling being. Uh, so that that was a little frustrating for a little bit. But then this is the part that I think is hilarious. As soon as Din Djarin shows up, he kills this being. Spoiler alert. 
<laughs> for those who haven't, oops, I pulled the yaz on us. He kills his being, right? And then he goes inside the cave, and the first thing that the armorer says is, you ain't Mandalorian, Mandalorian. bitch! Did I not just save the entire goddamn Mando frat? Like, I just freaking pulled up on Mando, fine Mando, and saved y'all from getting ate up. And the first thing, other than thank you and thank God you showed up, is you ain't even Mandalorian. Uh, pull up. Uh, all right, I'll take my Snabu Starfighter and my Force and my Dark Saber and go somewhere else. But this shows that Pedro Pascal, who is daddy in two shows now, good grief, man, this is daddy of the year, good lord, um, is freaking still enamored with the concept of being a child of the light, even though Bo-Katan is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yes, I can take off my helmet. It doesn't make me less Mandalorian, you stupid. Like, any of us can be Mandalorian. You're just in that freaky kooky religion. So we have reestablished that. Then after this, he proves, he gives her a synopsis, and he sits down with her and says, yo, I know I took my helmet off. I know that that basically, you know, that that sends me into one of the, the, the highest levels of hell. But I know how I can get myself back. You said I can atone myself if I go to the to the Lake Minnetonka, right? Which I, I know I'm just playing, but that's not the real lake. Of the, I can't um, stop thinking about it. Every time they say that shit, I hear Lake Minnetonka. Me too, yeah. but I can't Every even. I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, all, I it. all I think is go purify yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Yes. He says, yo, he says, all right, well, listen, if I can prove that I can actually go uh, to Mandalore, prove that it does exist, because I got this proof right here that shows that, hey, you know, because when she, I mean, that's a, that's another funny thing about it is like, you don't see the facial expression. So you kind of just have to take their silence as them being like, hmm, you know what I'm saying? When he shows her the little thing and it's like, yo, look, uh, by the way, here's some proof that what you think may not be what it, what, what I thought it was. Will I be able to, you know, atone for my sins as of that? And she just looks, just stares, and just says, this is the way. <laughs> and so there is our mission. We have now our plot for season three. He then goes and is like, all right, well, if I'm going to go back to that planet where they're probably going to be a whole bunch of shit and, and bad air, let me go ahead and go back and try to find my droid. So he ends up going back to, uh, what's the name of the city again? I forgot. Uh, Navarro. Navarro, yeah. He goes back to Navarro where he's greeted by uh, Apollo Creed. And Apollo Creed is like, yo, what up, bro? You back. Why don't you just chill? I need a sheriff. I don't got no Cobb Vanth. You know what I'm saying? What's good? I got a job for you. You can chill. And he's like, eh, all right, I ain't really ready for all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to get my buddy droid. And he's like, why? We got droids all over the place. Fuck you want this one droid for? And he's like, well, because that's the only one I trust. We've been through that already. And that is when we finally get to see them reinfuse uh one of the favorite one of the only reasons why last uh the last sky uh the last skywalker uh uh one of the best things about last skywalker or rise of skywalker is babu freak all right we get to see him and i don't even know if that's him honestly I, I, that, that could be just we don't know uh, for sure folks, yet yeah yeah the folks that just are just look like him and Zellens, yeah yeah you know what i'm saying but uh we get to see them and one of them speaks english but uh, uh apollo creed still wants to trap wants to uh, translate for him which i think is hilarious um and they finally say all right we could probably get him up and running then he, he becomes this murderous t t2 judgment day droid and then as a result uh he doesn't use his saber 
but he does end up stopping him by putting a statue on his head. Uh, and then they have to consider whether or not they'll be able to repair him or not. And at the end of it, he ends up going to um, Bo-Katan's homeland uh, and confronting her. Go ahead, bro. I, I was just going to say, before you leave out of that scene, right? Because there was, I think there was an important moment in that scene as well, right? Um, when Grogu started hugging the Anzellum, right? Um, uh, 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 like it was, it was, it was real cool because what it shows is, yeah, see how he hugs on it. Like this is all like what he's been taught. You know what I'm saying? Like, like all he knows from Dinjarin is hugging him. Like all the time, even even in the scene when they when he went to sleep, when uh when Dinjarin was asleep, when they were in uh in in uh in hyper hyper hyperspace or whatever. Uh, they like like he he went in he went into like his arm like in the clutch of his arm because that's that's all he knows like when it comes to how you treat babies you get right. what I'm saying like yeah. so he's yeah. looking at this this creature that's that's smaller than him <laughs> even though it's probably way older than him because I think he called him baby he was like bad baby <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, <laughs> you know, but it I I thought it was just like that 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 moment where he just hugs the Anselm is because he thinks he's a baby and, and it's and that's how he treats he treats him because that's how he's treated by Din Darren. I thought that that's spoke about Which to take that point a little further, uh is not the way of the Jedi, right? The Jedi's don't grow attachments. The Jedi for the Jedi attachment is to be away from the force because you have to actually be one with the force, which means you cannot, which is the whole reason we got Darth Vader in the first place. Cause Anakin could not let his, 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 um, you know, his cougar chick, uh, Padme, uh, out of his mind. And, um, and ultimately we end up with the, with the, <laughs> with the love struck force wielding child killing monster, uh, who, who ends up redeeming himself in the long run. So yeah, I, I think that this is a good dynamic, a good, good way to point that out, man, because yeah, the, the Mandalorians are about unity, about working together, and the Jedi are about having a force where we can talk about being, you know, uh, together. But we don't get no attachments, and this is the def definition of, <laughs> of an attachment. So, anyway, then they go up to um uh, to Bo-Katan's crib, and Bo-Katan is just like literally just sitting there chilling. Like uh, she ain't got no job, she ain't got nothing to do. She's just literally just sitting there with her legs kicked back. And uh, and and she's like, uh, "What's up, bruh? You know what I'm saying? What you doing here?" Now there are some Easter eggs and stuff like that in that scene. Uh, but before she gets, before he gets there, uh, this is when we meet. And this is something that's new. Uh, with Tyrone, I don't think he really liked this because it wasn't really as relevant as it probably should have been. Uh, but that's when we meet. Uh, enter a new breed. I don't say new, but a fairly new breed, depending on if you watch the animated series or not, of villain, which is the pirates. Right? The pirates come into play. And they're basically like, yo, open up this bar. We trying to get our drink on. And uh, Grief, uh, uh, Grief Kango, uh, Grief Kango, uh, <laughs> Grief Karga is like, bro, this ain't even no bar no more. It's a school. And he's like, this ain't no school. What the fuck you talking about? This is the same place where you negotiated with us to fight so that we can make it so that this school could exist. So I want a drink, motherfucker. Pour me a drink. And he's like, man, come on, don't do this. And this is where I'm a, I'm going to take a little bit. I'm going to lean towards Tyrone's side a little bit. This is where it got overwhelmingly, I don't want to say corny, but it it it. I think that Jon Favreau has done a good job of not making it so that it looks exactly like a Clint Eastwood movie, all right? <laughs> 
But this scene was literally like a scene straight out of High Noon or some freaking Charles Bronson movie where they basically had a, you know, quick draw McGraw type of scene. You know what I'm saying? Where he puts his hand down here, he puts his hand over here, and it's a matter of who can draw their blaster the quickest. Not necessarily my favorite use of screen time, but I get it. I really, get it. really, Vince. Because uh, you love really Cat when Cad Bane did it. I, I mean, like Cad Bane did it. Did it. Because yeah. that's what Cad Bane does. But grief, the, sh- the new sheriff, you know what I'm saying? Battling in the middle of the street with a pirate. I don't know. It was it was a little. It was, Why is it that was so off? Because wasn't wasn't he also the head of the bounty hunters at one point in time, or not, or like uh, not? Not a mercenary. He was like a that head of the mercenaries. At yeah, but that's point. not who he is now. You know, and I, I mean, I get why he did it, but it was just it was just a little weird that that was the way that he chose to depict. I don't say weird, but it was a little off putting that that was the way he chose. It was so overtly, blatantly western, you know. And yes, I loved when Ka- look when Cad Bane came on the scene. I lost my shit. I mean, it, the video is still out there. The shit went viral. It's crazy, but. To see that happen again, it was just—I don't know. It was a little—I don't know. That's—that's I, I, that's, that and the whole that's using your head, uh, um, uh, uh, um, quip. Were two instances where I was like, eh, you know, eh, you know, not my favorite, but I'll take it. It is what it is. Uh, but then uh, uh, we once again established that they're enemies. Now I kind of liked this because this brought me back to the fact that Mando is a stone cold killer. Right, like the dude is not here to play around. Pew, 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 pew. Took all of them out except for old boy, and then he even says, "You sure we should let him go?" <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like we should kill this motherfucker. You know, and uh, and to his credit, Reeve is like, "Nah, man, you know, let him tell everybody else," which ends up being a mistake because they end up having a whole asteroid battle where where uh where Mando once again uh, does what he does, badass shit picks them off one by one, hides behind an asteroid, the whole Han Solo trick, and Bao ends up, you know, uh, uh, getting to his destination safely, which ends up being, um, 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 uh, 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 what's the name, uh, Bo-Katan's Palace. So in a nutshell, the episode, yes, yes, Tyrone, it was a recap episode, but I still think that it was warranted. It did push them. It did push the ball forward a little bit in that we at least know where we're going. So my prediction is that these next few episodes we will see new stuff. But let's keep it real. In in most of the Star Wars series, with the exception of probably Andor, uh, we we do get the cameos. Man, cameos has become a new feature in most of the Star Wars series. We're gonna get a, a, a if it's not C three PO, a droid that looks like C three PO. We're gonna get. A droid that looks like R2, which someone argued that was um, um, uh, 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 Marva Andor's uh, droid kind of resembled R2 a tiny bit with a stutter. All right. Um, uh, um, and so, I mean, it's 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 Star Wars for for there to be uh, um, a lot of cameos. Uh, this did kind of harken back to Boba Fett. But at the end of the day, oh. And the one thing we did also get was we got a new villain in Swamp Thing, uh, basically. Uh, Yo, I'm like, glad you made that reference because I thought the same thing when I saw him. I was like, Swamp Thing all day. Yeah, we have a new Chia Pet leader of the of, of Captain <laughs> Hook Tribe, and, and this dude is, is completely dreaded and throwed out, 
and he's played by the dude that was in that uh, 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 oh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Game of Thrones, and he was also in this this uh, this show called what was it called? The, the one with the kid with the horns. What was it? Hmm. Nah, that That's was a different. Uh, show I was thinking of. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the one you were talking. Antlers. Yeah, the, the kid with the antlers. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I forgot the name of that show. But um, but yeah, man. So so that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, I guess uh, we don't all agree that this was the best episode ever. I'm giving it two thumbs up, five fifths. I I loved it, but with the exception of those couple scenes, I do not agree that. And and Tyrone is not alone. Also, if you go on the internet, then you'll see there's a lot of people mad at IG Eleven being brought back because of of the nature of his demise, which was pretty dope. But I mean, listen, Star Wars does this, man. They freaking brought back Palpatine, which was probably so. I hated that. I hated the fact that they brought back Palpatine. It's like, come on, we got to have new villains. It can't just keep depending on the freaking Emperor all the time. But I think IG-11 is salvageable. We don't have to worry about him saying stupid shit online about anti-vaxxing and, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> about, and about, you know, how the right is being under attack and all that Gina Carrado shit. Uh, uh, so, I mean, it, it's a safe bet to have a droid. It's a, it's a, uh, we're being right. honest, isn't that the purpose of having robots in the first place to make them salvageable? I mean, like, they're not like organic life that at some point has a fucking uh, 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 expiration date. Like right. you literally keep on rebuilding it and rebuilding right. it and rebuilding it. Like that's the purpose of robotics. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, literally, literally facts, no. facts, man. But uh, you know, evidently all of us don't agree with that. So uh yeah, oh, man. no, it makes it makes sense as as it's thing. Since it was since it was dressed, I feel like I was called out. I feel like I was just subtitled. <laughs> so let me go ahead and jump in here. Uh it does it make sense? technically for the universe the way it's set up yes uh does it absolutely void an incredible storyline that was tied up beautifully and had a beautiful ending yes <laughs> he's right uh, i'm not gonna lie but i still think it was worth it uh it's kind of like the whole entire boba fett series is exactly what you just described in a nutshell boba fett the quiet bounty hunter out for justice because this is the person that helped uh, uh, this is a, a group of people that killed this father um, reemerges out of the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the Sarlacc pit uh, to to seek some sort of justice. And with the tons, the Tuscans, uh, t- uh, uh, Tuscans, 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 uh, he ends up finding some sort of reason to exist. So this is this is Star Wars, man. That's that's what they do, bro. And I'll be honest with you, I'm like one of Tyrone's favorite movie, uh, TV TV shows. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Don't I, sounds exactly like WandaVision. Just sounds like WandaVision to me. I don't know. Uh, there was a beautiful story of uh, when uh, Vision gave his life to save the the entire human race. I, uh, because this show is only two hours, I'm not going to chase this one. <laughs> We're gonna have to do that shit on another time because that's yeah. Uh, don't bring WandaVision into this right, right now. No. <laughs> but I will say, no, but, but you know, bringing up uh, Boba Fett isn't exactly helping the point. Uh, just Not so you all. know. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. You know, because yeah. Mandalorian but, is, is such a far better show than Boba Fett. It's not even funny. And even this episode is far better than Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Like, we, that's bad, bad. Um, right, right. Agreed. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please, please. Oh, no, but, but you said this is, this is Star Wars. And uh, I had the thought after, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and we were like, the majority of what we've seen out of Star Wars lately has been, uh, let's just say, uh, polarizing at best. Outside of a few, mm. outside of a few examples, and it's like, as somebody who's been a, a Star Wars fan for my entire life, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I'm just like, 
uh, it's the the number the stats aren't good right now. We're talking just stats, yeah. good good shows, good episodes. Like it's just it's not good. I and I like I said, I do hope and I think Mandalorian will end up being a strong third season because we need it. Star Wars fans need it. Right. But uh, yeah, it's it, it does it does make me a little bit uh, worried as a Star Wars fan that uh, that the Mandalorian has an episode like this. I'm like, please not this show. Don't don't Obi Wan this show, please. Mm. So let me ask you this, Tyrone. Before we move on, do you think do you agree now with uh, with uh, I think it was Qui Gon Liam Liam Neeson Liam Neeson. Is that it? I think it's Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that maybe the series on Disney Plus is watering down the entire franchise of Star Wars. Do you think that maybe this is doing more hurt than 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 helping? I don't think that the that having series having more series is is hurting. I don't think I, like he's he was talking about like the number of things that have come out. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is the quality hasn't been great. Uh, mm. You know, if you if there were ten fantastic star wars shows out there we wouldn't be having that conversation we'd be like please give us more star wars so uh to me it's just quality uh and you know what it comes down to is we understand that these are shows that are you know increasingly marketed towards a younger generation uh hence you know uh, a bunch of different little cute creatures you can hug and kiss and and you know that kind of stuff and you can buy you know uh stuffed animals and popo funk or funko pops and all that uh but i the mandalorian wasn't that until this episode started feeling like that. And I'm just like, oh, I, I hope they're not pointing this toward kind of like the Bad Batch, uh, you know, territory. Ooh. So I just think that as long as they keep quality eye, we don't have a problem with any. I mean, give me as much good Star Wars as you possibly can, please. The same thing with, uh, you know, MCU stuff and all. Like, if it's good, give it to me. Okay. Well, I mean, I will say this in defense of Bad Batch, which we have slandered. Um, I don't want to say slandered, but we've we've rightfully been critical of this this bad batch season i'm not we're not going to talk about it too long because i don't think we've all watched it but this bad 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 batch season two is not bad batch season one. Oh no and it's far I mean, better than season one. Oh, oh because you, you watch okay yeah it, it there's there's a i don't know if they got our message or if they've been reading the reviews but they they have definitely stepped the game up i mean it still has its issues that we could critique but as of right now man, where's omega Gun, uh, yeah, Omega's still Omega, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at least she got a weapon now, you know, and she's 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 a little bit she's starting to become a little bit of a badass. But uh I'll just say uh Star Wars in itself, I don't know whether or not it's it's fell off, if it's going off, but I I for one think that this Mandalorian episode was a good reintroduction to us uh of what Mandalorian is, how dope it is, and what it is that we love about Mandalorian. And of course, in the Mandalorian, oh, love this crossover, you're gonna love it. Uh, we get um, obviously uh, people like Grief and Grief, who is who? Uh, Mr. Apollo himself didn't get to upload the picture. And uh, right now, Apollo is making his screen uh, screen debut in this movie called Creed, which we spent plenty of time bashing uh, last week and the weeks before. Not necessarily the Creed aspect of it, but Rocky being all, sorrow, all, so, all sour about not being included in this particular episode. Um, but just to kind of bring this up, uh, I just bring that up to bring up the fact that there was a quick scene that I want to discuss before we get into The Last of Us uh, see, uh, episode seven. Uh, where there was this moment uh, where uh, Michael B. Jordan had uh, a clapback moment. And I and I think that this was so dope. 
And I just wanted to share this moment with y'all and see what your thoughts are on it on the other end. Uh, I give you uh, 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 Michael B. Jordan approached on the red carpet by somebody that he thought originally called him. Oh, we got Michael B. Jordan, the director mm -hmm. and the star of Creed Three. And you know, we know each other. We go way back, all the way to Chad Science in Newark. Okay. What a corny kid, right? <laughs> no, I did not say that. Misquoted for sure. No, you did not hear me say. I said we used to make fun of the name, but yeah, he is obviously killing things out here. How was the difference between you actually directing and working with the same people that you were directed with versus? Uh, it, it was it was awesome. You know, I'm having it's a family vibe. Yeah. Last nine nine years of my life. Um, I spent on the Creed films. Uh, they're very supportive. You know, Tessa, uh, Felicia, Rashad, Wood Harris, people that see me grow up. And uh, for the fact that I stepped behind the camera and finally got a chance to direct them, they, they, they loved it. They embraced it. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. And was it difficult for you mentally because you're coming out of a different space? I mean, I was staying in it. How awkward is that uh, when you get called out? Uh, for something that you said about somebody or even may have even mentioned and then at the same time are looking to use him for views. Now, Ty, you said that there's some context with this. Yeah, it, it, so there was a conversation being had on a podcast uh, between her and uh, a couple of other uh, ladies. And one of the other uh, um, ladies uh, made this comment about him being seeming like a corny dude or whatever or whatever. Uh, and uh, the interviewer, she responded in in regards to like what he used to do. She was saying like, yeah, he used to bring his head shots to school or something like that or whatever. And then the lady said, yeah, it gives me real corny guy vibes, uh, whatever, whatever. So she didn't necessarily say he was corny. She was just saying that like, that you know, I went to school with him and he used to bring his, his uh, head shots to school or whatever, whatever. Um, but he, he, he thought that it was her that said it. She said I didn't say it. He said you did, and yeah. So there, there. That's where we. That's where we are. But Tyrone, if you look at his face in this picture, like you see, he's ready to pounce. You know what I'm saying? Like you see, he did not run away from. It. He like he wanted this confrontation. You know what I'm saying? Like he he could walk up anybody on that red carpet and speak to them if he wanted to. But this picture it captures that moment where he's like, oh, this bitch, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know, man, isn't that kind of, as you said earlier, every nerd's dream, even if it is out of context, even if he had the wrong person, even if he didn't even necessarily uh, 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 have the context of what they were talking about down, isn't that kind of like what nerds dream of is being able to be the guy in front of the person that bullied you in high school and say, I'm sorry, uh, you don't fit the criterion for this job. <laughs> so uh, we're going to uh, just bypass you and, and go with somebody else. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of like what we do it for, right? Isn't that dope? Or was Michael B. Jordan out of line here? What do you think, Tyrone? I think I, there's a couple sides. Uh, so I definitely think that, and you know, anybody who grew up in, in any kind of nerdy space definitely had a moment where, you know, you got bullied or you got made fun of and, and you said to yourself, one day I'll show them exactly mm. who's, you know, who don't mess with, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but the the hope is that by the time you do get to the point where you're successful and you're living your dream and you're you're uh, doing all this great stuff that you can let all that stuff speak for itself that there there's no need to clap back because the clap back is the success the clap back is that you are there that she's like hey uh, michael b jordan uh, give me a second of your time because this is going you know this is so that 
so yes, I, I, I love that he that he got to have that moment of uh, of sort of vindication. But uh, you know, I what I don't like about the whole conversation is that it, it did turn into like a weird sort of like uh you know it, it turned into like this a lot of people showing their unhealed wounds let's just say like because i think i think what we got to do is maybe focus on some healing a little bit you know uh, so by the time you get to that point you can just be like oh shit that's right what was your name again where do i know you from you know what i mean just like <laughs> move past that shit because that's gonna hurt worse than anything else anyway you know what i mean if, if these people who thought they had such an impact on you calling you corny and stuff turns out they didn't have much of an impact and you just kind of forgot about them and moved on to me that's a bigger yeah. clap back Nolly, yeah. have you ever had a moment where somebody may have treated you bad back in the day, but then all, <laughs> but all of a sudden they brand new when they see you doing good? Have you had anything like that happen to you, Miss Nolly? Look, I went to a Catholic all girls school. When I tell you the shit talking was shit talking, I heard it all. I'm not stupid. I know everything. And they, yo, years later, they were like, oh, did you make up now? Yeah, baby, yeah. but not for you. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, yo, I do not. I can see you on Facebook, but we don't, mm, I don't fucks with them. I'd be like, mm, look at you. He wow. left you. That's a shame. Damn. So, I mean, like, what, what's that feeling like to be able to, to, to. Yo, that shit is you know. good. <laughs> I don't want to say, like, I hold on to shit, but, like, high school was like a traumatic period in my life for me because a lot was going on with like my family and personal stuff and so to like have that added extra shit was just so unnecessary so now when I get to have moments where I'm just like mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> I, I think it's because I'm petty but it feels good yeah yeah now Ty I don't think you've had anything like that um because you was cool all your life you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> listen I, I don't i mean i i'm i'm of the of the same belief that tyrone is like if i'm at 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 uh michael b jordan's level where i've been you know plain sex world sexiest man alive and all of this kind of stuff at this point when i'm seeing old girl i'm not even i'm I, you know what i'm about to give her so much love that she gonna feel bad for <laughs> anything that was said yeah. or not said uh around and like i'm not gonna be like oh the corny guy because that just in that moment it's like dude you being childish like like at this point like you've already super you know superseded any thoughts that they may have had about you like it's kind of like dude you, you like i don't know man i i just like at, at that point if, if it was the dude like that used to beat you up you know, as a kid, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that, it, it, it might have been nice to just hover over him like, yeah, you got to interview me now. But as a mm -hmm. as a female, like, come on, how many oh, females did oh, 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 whoa, 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 what'd you say? As a what? As <laughs> a segue. As a segue. Whoa, what is, as a what? As a female. Right. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, nah, just let me stop, let me stop. Uh, I, 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 I'm like, I, I don't know what's so, so much. For context, Tyrone had Ty, bad tie hasn't been in our group, so that's the whole mm. point of discussion that uh, that that we were going to discuss today. But Steph's not here, so we may not elaborate as much today. But but continue, continue, please. Oh, okay. Sorry, I forgot that you weren't in the group. Yeah. So yeah, but <laughs> all I'm saying is, as, okay, I guess we don't use female anymore. Wem woman, uh, yeah, as hey, a woman. Yeah. Um, in you know, the the fact that he kind of like went back with it and was like, you know, like, oh yeah, the corny guy. Listen, 
in in back in back in school, what woman didn't think? No, I feel like there was a woman in we in in high school. But anyway, they were like girls. What kind of girls did not did not um did not think that they that's that the the boys were corny like that? Like right. I just feel like if you did, especially going to school in Newark or or Philly or New York. Anybody who goes to school in those cities knows that every time it, you're gonna get called corny at some yeah. point. Like that's just the way, cool or not. You, uh, there's gonna be a girl that be like, "Nigga, you corny." Like you be like, "Oh, uh, you know what I mean?" Like that's just something we went through. But you know, he, he, I understand. I understand, bro. I, I get it. You know, but I just wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have clapped back at all with her. I would have just. I would have literally just gave her love because she's from my city, and you know it would have been just like just a big up love, you know. And be like, yeah, I know, girl. I, you know, I, I, you know, it's all good. Don't worry about it, you know. Because I know you want to smash. I know you want to smash now. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I, but I'm cool. I'm cool on you though. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't clap back at all. You think that? Uh, okay, well, let me, let me let me say my piece. I think that what what I'm hearing from y'all is it not necessarily was what he did it was how he did it am i am i correct in some of that like maybe it was that he took such a righteous position with his animus and maybe went a little too far with it there was a way for him to like clap back without clapping back and seeming like in a manner he kind of revealed himself in that moment that he was hurt you know what i'm saying and that kind of gives power over him to that podcast right like it would have been more of an elevational type of thing kind of like with jonathan majors which i wasn't able to get it here but um jonathan majors got all this this you know you know uh, for for his uh his shoot last week which we discussed briefly he got a lot of you know hatred or at least a lot of weird comments online uh but uh he was asked about what was going on and how he felt about that stuff online and what his definition of masculinity was and he kind of was just like look man you know I do what I do, and you know, hey, people say what they say, and I mean, tell me what you think masculinity is, because I mean, if I could wear a pink consider and wear all this, but you still ain't gonna walk up on me on the street, you know what I'm saying? And he kind of was like brushed it off type of thing. And I think that in this in this particular instance, it, it what you guys are saying is that Michael B. Jordan may have reduced himself, taken himself, he, he he jumped off of his high mountain that he was on to come down and box with the quote unquote peasants. What's up, Tyrone? Uh, I mean, I'm not mad at him because like we like we said at the very beginning of this, like it's kind of one of those feelings that we, you know, a, a lot of us have have kind of uh, ex, ex, uh, we've experienced it because, you know, we grew up in these nerd spaces and stuff. Uh, I'm just saying like, but like what you're saying is we could see we could see the hurt. And I'm I'm just like, man, I think there's still a wound. Like, I don't think he walked away from that. Like, yes, that story is complete. I have healed that wound. Like, I think I hope that he walked away from it. Like, I need to call my therapist and figure out why that mattered, why, why it mattered so much to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it's still, it's a, a wound that needs some healing. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess for, and my bad for the, the preview of our next topic, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, the, uh, I think that it's, that it, I mean, there's a sense of, in my opinion, of authenticity with that. You know, mm -hmm. why would we tell him that he should not display his hurt? Why, yeah. why are we, I think that's another thing that goes along with that masculinity aspect where it's like, well, yeah, he's a man, he's a human being, he was hurt and he expressed it in that moment. And why is that such a bad thing? You know, I hate to do the reversal of, of, of things, but 
my mind tells me, and, and I'm, I'm walking into dangerous territory here, but my mind tells me if that was put in reverse, you know, and this was that young lady on the red carpet as opposed to him being on the red carpet, and he called her all kind of hoes, bitches, this, that, and the third back in the day, and then here he is trying to interview her as she's coming up on her movie where she's breaking out, and he's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? What's up, Kelly? You know what I'm saying? Remember me? We had science class. She's like, oh, yeah. Remember you telling me all kind of bitches and hoes? You know what I'm saying? I think we would have had a different. Now, the difference is we live in a male dominant. Uh, what's up? That's absolutely different, though. There's a lot. I was about to say, a- about to say yeah. the difference is we live in a male dominated society in which we are a patriarch where a lot of us men don't realize that we have uh, an, an uninhibited, uninherited, but borderline versus a uh, uh, sense of entitlement and uh, uh in the in the hierarchy of structure men are still perceived as the top there's still this huge uh, uh wealth gap there's still this huge um um uh, 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 wage gap uh, uh as it pertains to men and even if you look at, at when it when it comes down to who's in who's been running shit and who actually gets the most respect look at the leaders if you look at the the list of all the presidents that this country has had uh, you still have yet to see any woman in that role, which kind of tells you that they still don't think that women are worthy of it. So, Nolly, maybe it's just the fact that uh, men, uh, you know, and women don't have the same space in the world. So, it's not fair to equal, equate these type of situations, you know. So, for me to even say like, oh, if it was just in reverse, it's like. It's also me kind of being a little chauvinist just in itself, maybe, or a whole show episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, look, I won't take it no further. I just thought that that was an interesting moment. And if it had been done a little more, I guess, classfully or a little more gracefully, I still think that that's a nerd's dream to be able to come out and be like, oh, yeah, remember when you used to make fun of me wearing my Pokemon shirts? Uh, you know, uh, remember you used to make fun of my Spider-Man gear and all of that other stuff, and here you are trying to get views off of me. That's full circle. So I wonder, Vince, I wonder does the does the billionaire who owns the company you work at uh, feel the same way? <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, I mean, because it's like it's like I just feel like in that in that moment, and again, he can handle it how he wants to handle it. That he's a grown man. But I just think what Tyrone says is it does speak a lot to the hurt that you still, you know, garner uh, for for something like that this this late in the game. Like, bro, you're you're the, like I said, what man, world's uh, sexiest man. You got movies. She's she's interview interviewing you on the red carpet. It's like at, in that moment, it's just like let, let me just love on you, girl, because you because <laughs> you ain't where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But okay. I'm gonna hug you and, and wish you the best uh, on your journey. So the moral, <laughs> the moral, the moral of the story is a more graceful, um, absolutely, a, 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 an unbothered response has a has a better uh, impact than a bothered response. Because if I'm not mistaken, I didn't I didn't listen to it, but the podcast clap back at his clap back and yes. double down and double down yes. his he was like i said it now she didn't say it i said it and yeah you was corny nigga and, yeah. then, and the shit you pulled on the red carpet 
made you even more corny, nigga. So yes, you made my point. That's I, what it was. Yeah, like, yeah, and they even brought up his his you know the comment where he had back in the day about him wanting to run his fingers through a woman's hair and all that other stuff. And they like they they kind of went in on the ball. So, but at the same time, again, man, if we're talking true uh, authenticity, uh, here's a guy who made uh, give the appearance of being this big strong man and. Oh, you know, I'm Brocky Creed, and yeah, I'm in all these different shows and these movies. But what we just learned is that he's a, a human being. He's a guy with emotions. He gets hurt like the rest of us, and maybe he can't always, you know, gain, you know, manage uh, to to keep that from showing uh, on his sleeve. So I think there's also a place for that as well. Is all I'm saying. You know, what I'm saying I, I don't think we should beat him up. Pun intended. Uh, for necessarily having uh, a real moment where he gets the chance to confront somebody that may have necessarily tried to tarnish his name a little bit. But having said that, I mean, it's not the last. Go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, the biggest thing in this whole conversation is we need to redefine what corny is. And that's that. That's kind of because that's the terminology that was used. And if corny means uh, you, I'm trying to be successful and I'm out here doing what I need to do to get where I want to be, we definitely need to redefine the word corny. Is it possible that he was corny? Is it possible that he was absolutely corny and and that somebody bringing it up is just hurting his feelings because he realizes, oh, snap, you know, people now know as opposed to like, dang, you know, why you, you know, why you had to call me that? But that's a whole other subject, man. We got to talk. Uh, some other stuff, man. Uh, Creed is definitely not the last. We'll talk about it. And good luck on your box office premiere this week. Um, even though you won't have somebody crying in the background about how they didn't get included on something that they sold the rights of and actually stole the concept of the movie from Webner and that whole thing. Uh, that's the last we'll talk about that, but not the last of us, uh, which that was a terrible segue. I tried so hard. <laughs> it it wasn't terrible. I tried there. to use the word and all of that, but we got to talk last of us, even though it comes on on Sundays and it seems like a whole month away. This episode, now I'm going to say something controversial. Uh, I started to get bored with last of us. I did. I started to get bored with last of us a little bit because I'm now realizing, as Lisa pointed out earlier, that it's not the show that I originally thought it was going to be. Um, I thought this was going to be a zombie show. Uh, a show about zombies, a show about living in a world full of zombies, where we're fighting those zombies, where we're killing those zombies, where they're attacking us constantly, every second. And uh, that's not what it is. It's a show about adapting to that world. And in this episode, we get a flashback where uh, um, uh, Ellie uh, meets, uh, uh, we kind of see her relationship with Riley and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and put this down in a second. Y'all give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. If you like this episode, thumbs up. If you didn't, thumbs down. Meh in the middle. Uh, if you feel one way or another, I am going to take it down in three, two, one. Hey, oh, wow. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Two thumbs up. Okay. Four thumbs on the bottom. Two. So, Nolly, what what, what was your, your take as the, the, the resident game player and who actually went through the last of us uh what was your take on on this this episode it was such a good 
like and the episode's based on a DLC, but it was such a it was a good episode. Okay, it included everything the DLC had to give us a tiny little bit more extra backstory, and it was just good to see Ellie kind of have like this kind of relationship with someone, see how she got bit, um, and just kind of see how we got to the point to where we were because it's such an important part of the storyline. Um, I was hyped. It was a great episode. I teared up a little bit, you know, thug in the street crying, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrone, what you like about it, bro? Yeah, no, I, I love the uh, the mall setting. I thought it, the mall setting in like the middle of this post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, dystopian kind of place was, was pretty crazy. You know, the lights, the sounds. Uh, it's weird to be nostalgic for an era that we're firmly planted in right now uh through that so you know it was was, was pretty cool in in that regard uh obviously the relationship between the two of them the the chemistry the the act the the way it was acted and everything was great so i really enjoyed the episode from beginning to end um i it is it is starting to get tough to uh you know to let you to let myself uh get attached to characters when I know that anybody I meet in the beginning of an episode is about to, you know, get their shit pushed in by the end of that episode. So I'm just like, uh, it's like, damn, pushed in. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Can I get one episode where I leave like, oh, thank God. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I want to be happy once. But uh, no, it was, it was a great episode and uh, it was emotional and just really well done. What about you, uh, Bad Tie? What was your, uh, your thoughts of this episode, man? I see you liked it. Two thumbs up. Why, why'd you give it two thumbs up? Well, first, I, I just want to say thank you to the writers for not making uh, Vince's version of the show, which would have lasted <laughs> probably every bit of two episodes. Uh, <laughs> if if all the zombies are killing everybody, it would have just been called The Rest of Us, uh, not The Last <laughs> of Us. Uh, but, um, but nah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Tyrone at this point. Like, it, you know, my last really cry, good cry, was when they killed uh, Little Man. Uh, and you know, now I'm just like, uh, it's time for everybody to die. I mean, you know, but it's, I'm not bored with it, with the show at all at this point. Um, I I think the writing is still very good. Um, the backstory this week was necessary. Uh, we all were waiting for it. Um, and it kind of fit what I, what I, what I thought was what, you know, kind of happened when she, when she was asked, uh, what, four, three or four episodes back. Um, oh, so, you know, were you alone? And, you know what I'm saying? When, when, mm-hmm. when uh, she was having that conversation with Tess and, uh, and so she didn't, she didn't really answer. Um, so, I mean, it, this, this episode was really good. It, it, it again, speak, it's pulled at the heartstrings. It, it gave you a, 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 an understanding of why Ellie walks around and, and moves how she moves. Um, and so, you know, as much as I've hated her in the past and, and called for her death, uh maybe 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 i'll let her live a couple more episodes (laughs) yeah so so uh nolly give us a quick synopsis of how this measured up to the gameplay was there uh was it was it i mean without you know necessarily spoiling the game for folks um did this kind of go hand in hand with how the game depicted their relationship as well 100 percent. and there there are a bunch of videos that like splice the episode with scenes from the DLC and so you can see like they like down to the stores down to the arcade name they it was like ABC one two three mm, I think they always win whenever they mm-hmm. go play to play 
uh, with the video game because it keeps the gamers happy and keeps them out of our comment section. Uh, and it also allows us to kind of grow uh, one in hand in hand with the storyline from the game as well. And enter the chat. Hello, Riley, played by Storm Reed. How do y'all think she did? Did she kill it? Yeah, shout out to uh, to Riley for being the first person in the Last of Us universe to actually shush uh, Ellie. Uh, she told, <laughs> right, she, she was right. Like, finally, I think everybody who who has been watching the show from day one uh, was like, finally, somebody told her to shut her ass up, but uh, she didn't shut up anyway. But at least she tried. Yeah, yeah. I, I go ahead, go ahead. Oh, you said okay. I have to say that uh, I think my favorite part. I mean, it, honestly, hands down, no, no question. When you talk nostalgia, it gets no better for an 80s baby like me than to see Mortal Kombat 2, a game that I used to ride my bicycle, which I don't do anymore uh, <laughs> and probably never will again. Um, but I used to ride my bicycle like miles, miles to the arcade. And I remember I spent, which was a lot of money back in the day for me, but I remember, I, I remember this distinctly. I spent $36 playing Mortal Kombat 2 one day. That's back when we used to take our quarter, put it on the thing, and wait to play next. And because this is the only way, you, like, you couldn't just play it on Genesis. It didn't come out on Genesis yet, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't the same gameplay. It was all weird and murky. So, like, you had to learn, you had to go and get the uh, the Game Pro magazine, Nintendo uh, uh, Power magazine, sit there and learn the moves. And so when she, when she, when she won with Melina, and she said, down forward, back forward, low punch, <laughs> I was like, bitch, you know, that's the real, that's the actual freaking finishing move, you know what I'm saying? And like, so they did their homework, so you got to give the props to the writers, man, for including that. Um, I, I hope I'm not alone in that. Uh, who, did y'all play Mortal Kombat 2? Absolutely. Tyrone, Tyrone, who was your, who was your number one pick? Uh, who would I, you was, fight? Uh, I was a Raiden guy. Raiden. Okay, Raiden. Okay, yeah, because uh, yeah, you know they spelled it either with a Y or an I. It was always weird. Well, uh, yeah, there's people pronounce it differently, so I just say both usually. <laughs> okay, uh, bad time. Who's your pick, bro? Baraka. Baraka. Yeah. I used to like people used to say I used to look like Baraka. No sense. So I, I, I'm a little averse to. Uh, <laughs> I don't even like to smile no more. Nolly, did you play Mortal Kombat? I did a little bit. Yeah. I'm not really a fighting game person, but of course, you know, being the bisexual that I've always been, I was like, ooh, titties. So I'd be like, <laughs> there or something. <laughs> always. If, look, if they jiggle washy punch, even better. Oh, <laughs> oh. You're more of a more of a dead or alive fan for that reason then, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm here uh, for the Okay, okay. Boy, you must have loved it when there was that female Goro, what <laughs> Goro, oh, whatever Goro, she yeah. had those, and then Shiva and Cinder and all that. Well, not Cinder, that was a killer instinct. But anyway, um, yeah, man, I was a, I like uh Tyrone was a Raiden guy because it was easy to you know forward forward low punch forward forward low kick, uh, uh you know what I'm saying hold L hold L punch. Uh, low punch and, and do this the fire and then just hit down up and teleport behind the person and and, and, and his, he had the easiest finishing move of all he just had to hold high punch for three seconds and you electrocute him you know what i'm saying and and, and i love how he that, that freak his language get back in the car Get back in the car. He's like trying to figure out what he was saying. He was like, "I'm about your mama. I'm about your mama." 
You know, they always used to make them say like weird, like outlandish stuff. Um, but there's something that was brought to my attention uh, by one of our uh, friends of the show, Fantastic Frankie, because one of the themes of this episode was that Riley had been, some would say drafted, uh, some would say she may have found the Fireflies, but she was seeking out the Fireflies and actually became a member of the Fireflies tribe. Uh, and something is starting to become a little thematic um, as, it, as it pertains to the Fireflies. Hear me out on this and tell me what y'all think about Fantastic Frankie's take on the Fireflies and what they're made of. Well, the Fireflies are all people. Y'all know the Fireflies are just an evolution of the Black Lives Matter movement. Hear me out on this theory. First of all, the Fireflies are all people of color fighting for freedom and they only deal with people of color remember they knew joel not tess and when riley asked if ellie could join they immediately dubbed it because they knew this white woman would be troubled and it's so clear during this last episode how true that is because the conversation between these two is that of a conservative and a liberal person who is you know fighting for civil rights the way that ellie was gulping the kool-aid just word vomiting propaganda while riley is just there trying to educate her like hey this is not what we've been taught in the school but what really drove it home for me was a conversation with her commanding officer because he was spewing the rhetoric that republicans spew in the army and yes before you say he's asian but that brings up the conversation of the model minority y'all i'm about to get on the soapbox y'all know he all right i didn't put the whole thing on there but i mean she's got some points um marlena the young lady that was with marlena even the town that Joel's brother was in where, you know, I mean, I know it wasn't completely Firefly, but I mean, the lady running it, if I'm not mistaken, had some Firefly ties, uh, even though they say that they rescued him from running from it or whatever. Um, Riley, okay. As of right now, almost virtually all, with the exception of the dude who was like, come into the light, <laughs> who spoke to Joel like on, on, on the first episode, uh, a second episode, excuse me. Um, almost all of these members of the Fireflies are people of color. Is it possible that what we've noticed is that the QZ folks are basically like the MAGA All Lives Matter type crowds and the Fireflies are the Black Lives Matter type of crowd? Tyrone, is she on to something here? I think uh, a lot, this is done very intentionally. Uh, and, you know, I think that the overarching message is Nazi gonna Nazi. Uh, it doesn't matter why or when or what the situation is, a Nazi going to be a Nazi. Uh, and that's essentially what Fedra is. I mean, they're just, you know, Fedra is the fascist the leader of, uh, of or what they consider leader of society. Uh, she was talking about the, you know, word, vo word vomiting propaganda and that kind of thing uh, was absolutely, uh, you know, oh, society will fall apart if we didn't uh, if we didn't do things the way we did them. We have to rule with an iron fist because if not, then everything's going to go to hell. Well, we saw an example of uh that not being the case in uh, in Wyoming, uh, which is, I believe, w uh, where Tommy was and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think this, you know, the Fireflies being mostly people of color, uh, you know, as people who are fighting for their freedom or who are being uh, searched out and, and who are trying to be snuffed out by uh, Fedra and stuff. Uh, it all it all makes sense. I'm I'm on I'm on that train with with Fantastic Frankie. Yeah. What do you think, Tyrone? I mean, bad Ty. I think it's gonna be funny when we get to like the end season finale and the and the, the head of uh, the Fireflies is a white man named Colonel Sanders. 
it's going to be like, yo, I was running it from behind the scenes all along. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so it, I, I don't know. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's always going to be us in the struggle. And and so it, it, if, if we're made up of mostly the fireflies, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if it's if, if, it, if it's us. But it also wouldn't surprise me if, like I said, at the end we find out that everything has been running by by old Colonel. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to uh, real quick uh, shout out to many in the comments. Another member of the Multiverse every Wednesday at six thirty p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to the Multiverse. You will not be sorry. And I think they may have a special guest coming up this week. You don't want to miss that, man. If you're into uh, fighting, uh, uh, UFC style, uh, you know, not to spoil. Maybe a good idea to tune in. But uh, yeah, many did have a good question here. And that was, wasn't Joel's brother, I think it was. Did he say, wasn't Joel's brother uh, in the Fireflies? Yes, he was. And that also, it, it's, it's, it shows two points. Number one, uh, that he was a person of color because, you know, and this is this leads into one of the next subjects. But, you know, since he is kind of low-key race swapped, and we can discuss the merits of whether or not Latinos are racing that whole other thing. But, uh, you know, in the, in the game, they were too... I don't want to white men. All right, I'm just to say white men. I almost said I almost used the red word, um, but uh, they were two white men. Now he's Latino, and yes, he finds himself as a firefly. But it's also uh, kind of, you know, significant. I would say that he ended up leaving the fireflies. You know, and he's not like an Afro Latino. He's not a white, you know, black identifying Latino. So maybe there's something there. Maybe there's not. I don't. I'm not throwing any hate or shade on him because he did ultimately end up. Uh, uh, jump in the broom with this with the, with the chocolate sister. Um, so so I don't know if that's so did Joel. So did Joel. They, they both they both down with the brown. Yeah, let's wow. not forget Joel had a yeah. Let's not forget. Yeah, uh, man. Listen, they they come from the Beyonce Houston school of oh, you know what I'm saying. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> you know so, so yeah, man. Uh, I think that there's 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 some room there, you know. But yeah, but but he definitely is a ranking member of color. I have yet to, with the exception once again of the one guy who whispered to Joel, "Come into the light," or if you see the light, or look for the light. Everybody else that has represented this this clique has basically been a a person of color. So shout out to Frankie for pointing out something that was kind of obvious, but maybe just needed to be said out loud. What's up, Tyrone? Bad time. Uh, can we also just give a special shout out to Tara from True Blood for all the True Blood fans? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. remember Tara, very, very strong uh, uh, actress within that series. And I haven't seen her in a long time. It's good to see her back on film doing things uh, for HBO again. Uh, hello. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, she wasn't a prominent member of the Queen Sugar cast, uh, for those who watched Queen Sugar. Uh, and uh, that was a real, I mean, not necessarily a show we would talk about on here as much, not because it's not worthy of talking about, but it's not really nerdy. It's really historical, but it's a great show. Great, great show. Uh, I didn't see every scene, every show, but I would be in the background uh, when Kim was watching it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Inadvertently, you know, in passing. Uh, but a couple of things real quick before we move on. Uh, so uh, uh, this episode was kind of significant, not only because we got to see uh, uh, this nostalgic dystopian universe that represents where we kind of stay at now, but also we got to see uh, what it means to be a young girl who doesn't have a lot of options and is frankly falling in love with her best friend. And I mean, I hate to do this because I hate 
tokenism and I hate the concept of, hey, Vince, you're the black guy. Tell us about racism, as I experienced on some shows that I used to be on. Uh, we won't call those names. Um, but uh, what does it mean to be in that struggle? Because Nolly, just keeping it real, in the beginning of this episode, they joked about Riley uh, marrying, you know, running off with some guy and, you know, marrying him. And she's like, oh, yeah, and I'm going to have all these kids and blah, blah, blah. But it quickly moved forward to romance between the two of them. What's it like to have to bottle that up with a friend that you may have some feelings for that you don't even know, first of all, if they lean that way? Second of all, if they would completely dismiss you uh, uh, if they learn of your true feelings? Like, I don't even know the, the struggle of that. Is that a is that a thing or? It's a thing. It's hard. <laughs> Especially like growing up, I had a lot of guy friends, like a lot. Like I was not a girly girl, no makeup, no. Like I was riding bikes, skinning my knees, you know, rollerblading and stuff like that. And playing Power Rangers and WWE with my <laughs> friends. So, you know, it happens and it's hard, especially because then you have to worry about like, okay, if I tell them this, then what if I ruin that friendship? You know, like, do I make things weird afterwards if they don't feel the same? So, but I'm such a cute little moment i'm so proud of them you know at least riley went out loved <clears throat> yeah yeah that was crazy and it was really sad i mean we kind of knew it was coming but the moment where they kind of both you know had their moment and there was some instrumental parts in that you know riley took it really well as it said in the after show um you know we see ellie go completely ape shit and start tearing shit down and riley's kind of like look this shit happens man you know everybody has their day ours just came a little sooner and little do they know that after that that riley may not have made it but they uh but that ellie was actually immune what's up um ty well speaking to that point um on the after show they like that the the writers explain that uh that whole uh, scenario and what happened and and the reason of you know for uh what was her name um what was riley the, uh riley so uh, riley had experienced loss before i think they said she lost her mother and her father um, and and this was the first time that Ellie actually experienced experiences loss for the first time. So this is her reacting to losing the one thing that she's finally fell in love with, which would have been Riley at the time. You know, so her tapping into that. And and I guess the calmer was because Riley had already dealt with that on a on a larger scale with her mother and her father. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there was a lot in this episode that was deeper than I mean, this this show is is so deep on a whole nother level. I mean, they're speaking in metaphors, they're they're showing things in met metaphorically. And I mean, here's two kids, kids, I say, I mean, because I think they're teenagers. Uh, um, and they're basically, I mean, remember when they drank the liquor, like we saw them drinking liquor, she's like, oh, oh, that's great. You know, it's not even moonshine. This is from the old days. What's this? Fantasy? You know, we don't even know what it is. Uh, <laughs> for her to be so profound as to kind of like recognize, like, look, yeah, I'm about to die. But I mean, yeah, that happens, man. That's that's the world we live in right now. And it sucks so bad because she had she just told her her plans to go to Atlanta. And all of it was kind of far, a small part of me. And I think that if Steph was here, she might say, well, God damn it. Why are you going to this abandoned mall where they already told y'all they're zombies? And they passed the guy in the beginning. And it's like, yo, he wasn't here before. Uh, what's going on with that? Uh, so there's a, you know, there's, there's some room, I think, for criticism, possibly in the strategy of being alone. But then we also learned that Riley was stationed there, quote unquote, perhaps. Um, 
was Riley trying to recruit uh, uh, Nolly? Was she trying to recruit Ellie? Or was she just really giving her a send-off? I mean, what do you think? I mean, it's... I think she had some feelings and it was like a last ditch effort to either let them be known, try and convince her to come with her, or maybe right. convince her to run off together. Right, right. But I don't know. You think it was smart to go down there? Uh, I mean, it ultimately. I want to say. Yeah. They're naive because they're they grew up in the apocalypse, so they don't know no better. Like, if we had an apocalypse tomorrow, you and I would know better because we done played all the video games, watched all the movies. We know what's up. Like, right. if shit is blocked up, is blocked up. I'm not going there. You can't. <laughs> right. To right, be right. so naive to turn everything on, make all this noise, right? In an apocalypse, with zombies. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like. I mean, that part, it, it was a little like, mm, what'd you expect? You know, you basically put the generator on in the mm -hmm. middle of the, of the zombie apocalypse, you know, and yeah, they're, they're probably find you, you know, so no inside voices, oh. you know what I'm saying? It was screaming. They, you know, they got up, it was I dancing. Was the whole Love the episode, but every time something came out of someone's mouth, I was like, why y'all so mad? Right, right. I knew what was coming, but I was still like, why you even on the this yeah she fired this whole thing up and i almost thought i thought that was going to be the moment because some shit happened and she's like oh let me go fix this and you know it got real and she's like oh bitch you're trying to recruit me you making bombs to kill my people and mm -hmm. it did kind of feel i felt that sense of liberal versus versus conservative uh hint in there but ultimately man uh, uh ultimately she um you know she had some really good good points and uh she went out uh, as one of the probably one of the most dynamic characters we've seen on screen thus far. Yes, uh, The Last of Us is ripping our heart out every single episode, uh, but we're here for it, man. We're here for it, and um, I can only hope that we do get some more action because that's my thing, you know what I'm saying? But thus far, I haven't been disappointed, even though, like I said, I was starting to get a little bored at the beginning of the episode. I was like, oh, God, because, you know, I'm not that love guy. I'm sorry. I, I, I wish I was, but I'm not. Uh, but what's up, Tyrone? Just a quick, I want to make a quick uh, addendum to uh, what Fantastic Frankie said. I don't even really consider it liberal versus conservative. I consider it leftist versus liberal. Like, I think that oh, Ellie yeah. is pretty liberal. She thinks that working with the cops, you can change things from the inside, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that kind of like, that's that's common liberal thing is that like, yeah, yeah we can change it from the inside. Uh, Riley as a leftist is like, nope, none of that shit works. Uh, I'm with the group that knows that we need to just go ahead and burn it all down. So, uh so I yeah I, I that's the only addendum that I want to make to that. I I would I would disagree. Go ahead, Tyre. I just wanted to add this. Um, for all those that didn't hear, um, uh, Riley actually changed her mind um, mm -hmm. and was gonna stay mm -hmm. uh, after uh, Ellie asked her to stay. So I think all of this whole thing was. Two girls who were actually in love with each other, but didn't know how to actually express it, and and all of that that led up to um, Riley going because because if you think about it, Riley's doing everything that a, a person is would do that is trying to to get you to like them. Like this is oh. like you know going all all through all the steps for preparing a really romantic night, yeah. uh, you know, an experience. I'm trying to give you all of this. And then Ellie's response is that of someone who is 
wooed by all of this nice stuff that you're doing for me and i've always had feelings for you anyway and this is my finally my opportunity now that you've told me you're leaving uh you know my last chance effort to get you right. to stay and she did she got her to stay so i don't think it was ever about her recruiting her uh to to anything it was more about you know cannot can can she convince me to stay and can i convince her that i love her okay all right well there's 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 something i mean i think that could be both i mean oftentimes we make ourselves do this whole uh false equivalence where we have to choose one or the other and maybe it was both she wanted to have this final moment with her but if she didn't maybe she could convince her to stay but i will say this the one thing that ellie said that takes me out of the left versus leftist or left versus less leftist Liberal. argument is that she called her a terrorist She's like, you're fucking with the terrorists. Yeah. You know and like she was she wasn't like, yo, um, you know, well, hold on, man. Let's I understand your point, but you know, we can take she was like, No, you're you're a fucking terrorist. You're fucking with these with these these motherfuckers that are trying, you know, I'm gonna learn, you're interrupting my sleep tomorrow. I'm gonna wake up and learn how to kill y'all. You know what I'm saying? Why would you want to join with these idiot, these 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 freaking motherfuckers that are caught wreaking havoc on the QZs that are one of the only ways that we have any civility? in this universe. And so I don't think that it's all, I don't think that she knows what she's talking about. I think that's where right. the wokeness of, of, of pun intended um, of, uh, of Riley comes in. But, uh, but I don't, I don't know, man. I think that she's still kind of on that teetering on that edge of, yeah, man, we need more police on the streets uh, because they keep us safe rather than like, well, if I've joined the police force then I can make a difference from the inside, but you know, they're both young and we ultimately learn that, you know, she ends up leaving the QZ anyway. So it doesn't even make a difference, but good point. Definitely good point. Uh, uh, I do think that this kind of leads into this trailer that I wanted to show y'all real quick. Uh, this upcoming show uh, where the concept of colors does come into play as well. And I just wanted to get a, 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 an idea of what y'all may have thought about this particular uh, trailer. So without further ado, uh, let me show this upcoming trailer for Peter and Wendy. Tell me. How did you come to Neverland? Michael! John! Are you... Lost boys. Every last one of us. But you're not old boys. So? What is this place? It's home. Peter found it. Just like he found all of us. Me. Peter Pan? Were you expecting someone else? I'm gonna stop it right there out of fear that we'll get canceled because Disney <laughs> is real stingy about their about their content being projected. But the point that I wanted to make was I see that they are not going traditional Peter Pan Lost Boys. And in genuine in in spirit of all things that bring people of color into the play of course we already know i did that real sassy just now then i was in spirit girl you know girl you know they're gonna trip because already they're getting backlash because tink has been cashed as yara shahidi who frankly you know what i'm saying isn't it i mean like I, like she's not even like the most prominent member of this whole band. like don't get me wrong i know tinkerbell is prominent in the peter pan universe but I mean, give me a break, man. If I could, I, I, I might see a little more if it was Wendy. But even if it was, it's like, come on, bro. These movies and these shows and these concepts were developed when the notion that black folks wanted to be included or should be included wasn't even necessarily in the fray. And they're already getting backlash, Tyrone, uh, because Yara is pink. 
Ah, my God, here we go again. I posted something that said, are we doing this again? Seriously? Are you surprised, Tyrone? Or is this just the way this is the world we live in now? No, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to have to like do like a pre-recorded response <laughs> to this kind of stuff because it's going to keep happening as, as long right. as black people show up and stuff. So it's just going to be a pre-recorded response that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll write and everything. But it'll basically just be like, stop telling on yourself, racist. You could just choose not to. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, here we are. As, and we'll probably do it again whenever the, this Disney decides to make the dark version of whatever story uh, they want to make or whatever. And I don't mean dark black. I mean, like, dark, like, uh, tone-wise. <laughs> because, like, outside of the race stuff, like, I, I the the feeling I got from that trailer was like, what if Peter Pan but serious? And I'm like, why are we doing this? But it's a whole other thing. <laughs> Nolly, <laughs> you have any thoughts about this, man? What, what I'm surprised in this conversation. Every damn time. Every, every damn time. time. There are like 50 11 fucking versions of Peter Pan where everybody is palm colored. Stop right. it. Yeah, You'll be man. okay. I promise you. This is literally going straight to streaming. It's not like it's in theaters. Stop it. Get some help. Unclench. Unclench. Yes, let's oh. speak directly to the comment section. Tyrone, same old. I mean, you think at any point in time, I mean, bad tie, excuse me. Bad tie. I keep, my bad. Y'all just need to merge <laughs> and become one. Can we just get a <laughs> get divorce merging? <laughs> 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 We now have go tie, all right. <laughs> um, so yo, is this is this ever gonna be something that we stop hearing from, or will there uh just have to be a reckoning with us and just realizing whenever we have updated versions with modernized character depictions that we're gonna get backlash from the angry and it's not even white folks, it's not just white folks, all right? Let me just make that clear. It's also blacks and others that just think that these are white characters. And we need to stop making black people into white characters. We should just make new black characters for black characters to be. Is this something that's going to go away, or is this just how it is? Uh, nah, as as long as um, Disney can keep on, you know, recirc- recirculating the same uh, content, <laughs> and do- then it's going to keep going on. But um, I, I I definitely think that as as long as racism exists, it's going to keep being a problem with racist as 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 Tyrone put it earlier. It's there. There's never going to be a comfortable uh, conversation or a comfortable debate between a racist. It's just not like they're they're so embedded in their belief that it's just anything that doesn't that makes them uncomfortable to the you know this this dynamic that they created for themselves. This is always going to be a case, but I, I, I just, I'm with Nolly. I'm so tired of Peter Pan. Like, yeah, we've done oh. so many different versions of Peter Pan, bro. Just stop. But like, Hook was the last. I, I like just you had you had me with Hook. All right, leave the shit alone after that. Like, you don't got to do nothing else with Peter Pan. You did it. Be glad you did it and move on. All right. Well, I, as a as a diehard Neverland, not the not the uh, theme park, but the show, but the uh, the the place that exists, uh, I I love it all, and uh, I hate to see them trash it already. I did make a post about how this is already happening. Here we go again. And to their credit, 
one of the friends of the show did comment and say, yo, look, some don't want it, but we here. So shout out to our homie Ismael. Maybe he'll come on the show one day. Who knows, man? But that's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's on our Instagram page. So y'all should go check out the Instagram page because we are here doing trying to do big things. Uh, hit that like button, smash it, and then come on up. Uh, before we get out of here, man, I just had to discuss the Hogwarts phenomenon that is amongst us for those of y'all don't know they have turned hogwarts into a hbcu and i know that this not really culturally you know appropriate right now because of some of the things that jk rowling has said but at the very least we have this to thank uh i think mel mitch uh a fellow fam you and shout out to my alma mater hallelujah you know what i'm saying is out there putting this black culture in worlds where fantasy can exist which include black people which includes some really funny skits such as this. If you didn't go to HBCU, you might not recognize what any of this is. This is, this is core HBCU shit, man. What's up? You and me, you want to go back to school? Let's go to Yo, it's my favorite thing on the internet right now. I shit you not. I have the website open with the merch, and I'm like, I'm going to get me a Letterman jacket. Like, what's up? I'm ready. Let's go. I always wanted to go to an HBCU, and I never did, and so this is my shot. Yo, I think you should take your shot, man. This is hilarious. I did want to put up a video of, um, did I get it? Uh, I don't think I got it. On this. Oh, the firefly. That's not it. Damn it. All right. I thought I'd put it up, man, but I had to I want to know who you got. Who you go, who you gonna cast as the head of Slytherin? Who you are, I mean it, you know what? Because we gotta change the names too. You can't they can't Grendelwald and all of that. It gotta be something. It gotta be something black. And uh Samuel Jackson has to play uh the head of the school. That's all Ooh. I know. If you don't have Samuel Jackson as the head of the school, then then uh this is not a true agent. Oh, 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 and yes, the actual legit um mother uh, or the oh man, yo, I swear to God, I'm so angry at myself because I swore I had uploaded this man, but uh Mel Mitch, who is killing it in the game right now, my family's sister, uh, she actually had this video that I that I post that I thought I had posted, I, I didn't get a chance to, where she's basically a black teacher at Hogwarts, and uh and she has to 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 like uh, um. Uh, to monitor the kids during detention and the shit she says is just it's tremendously funny i think we will revisit this because i definitely wanted to bring uh steph into this fold as i i know she's a real big fan of it but at least wanted to introduce this concept for those of y'all who are not familiar with the fact that right now ham you is out there the hogwarts agricultural and magical university is out there doing big things man so um i'm loving it loving every single minute of it man so we'll we'll probably talk a little bit more about that next week but i think we've come to the end i did think that this was weird for them to for Marvel artists to try to blame Black Panther for Ant Man poor visual effects. Y'all didn't even think that the visual effects were that bad. So, no, yeah. Anytime, real quick in this conversation, whenever this comes up, uh, you're not mad at Black Panther. You're not mad at Marvel or Disney. You're mad at capitalism. Uh, and I'll just take, I'll keep it at that. 
Okay. All right. Spoken like a true firefly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, man, uh, I think we've unfortunately come towards the end of our spout here today. Uh, what have we learned today? We've learned that kids, hey, if you want to win in life, if somebody comes back at you once you learn that you're doing better than them, then you don't necessarily have to clap back at them on the red carpet, I guess. At least do it in a more graceful way. We've learned that Mandalorian isn't as great as I thought it was. I guess, you know, I mean, I, I loved it. You know, I, I think that it was introductory, but we learned that we hope it gets better. And maybe if you have a really good end to it, it's, I guess it's kind of like uh, Andor, Cassian Andor coming back in Return of the Jedi after, <laughs> after, after, not, after not making it through Rogue One. It's like, can we put Cassian back together? You know what I'm saying? I, I as a whole other thing. Uh, you know, we learned that Peter and Wendy is not necessarily the fave of those of this cast. Uh, we didn't get to talk about Carnival Row, which I, I think is a dope show. Really good show. Really dope show. Y'all should definitely be watching it. Um, it's a it's a show where basically it's like they turn the fairies, like fairies are like Jewish people in a in a in a concentration camp, and they've got what they call the critch, which I think is like short for creatures and shit like that. Uh, so I think that's something we might talk about in the future. But uh, we look forward to tomorrow's episode of The Last of Us. I might go check out Creed 3 at some point in time, and we'll see how all this goes. But for today, we're going to go ahead and wave goodbye. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. We'll come back next week. We may do after, so I don't know. We'll talk about it. But the most important thing is always, as we say, be your authentic self, because if you ain't being yourself, you're being fake. And anybody got time for that? And in all things you a geek, please make sure you go ahead. Even if you might be Jordan and you ain't corny, let that geek flag fly. I love the new blurred order. You should too. Let me get all this 10 p Wayne. All niggas rapping about the same old thing. I've been